You are listening to WETF, the jazz station in South Bend, Indiana. My name is John Clark, and this is the Jazz Focus. And today, our focus is going to be on the output of a particular band that was active in Chicago in the 1920s. This was a little bit different than the bands we usually associate with Chicago in the 1920s, particularly the African-American bands, where we think of people like uh, Louis Armstrong and Jelly Roll Morton and uh, so on and so forth, small groups. This group was a big band that was playing at a dance hall or a, a, a dance establishment, I guess you'd have to say, called... The Dreamland, the Dreamland Ballroom. This band played for dances and also for shows and so forth. Very highly uh, accomplished musicians playing some very sophisticated music for the day. And it was led by a piano player named Charles Cook. Doc Cook was his name. He had a uh, a degree in music that... uh, we believe was from the Boston Conservatory, probably from the early 1920s. And then he returned to Chicago, uh, or went to Chicago, and put this band together to play at the Dreamland Ballroom, which was run by a sort of a uh, semi-mob figure named Patty Harmon. And uh, Patty Harmon was the fellow who developed, or was given credit for having developed, the Harmon Mute that many of the brass players even use to this day. So we started out with two titles that came from July 10th of 1926, and these were recorded for Columbia. Uh, Here comes the Hot Tamale Man and Brown Sugar. And uh, Hot Tamale Man was a pop tune of the day that uh, was recorded by quite a few people. And Brown Sugar uh, was actually a tune by Harry Barris, the pianist and singer with the Rhythm Boys, playing with the uh, Paul Whiteman Band at the time. And these were stock arrangements that were issued by uh, probably the Melrose Company in Chicago to give an idea of some of the hot dance music being played at the time. This band is worthy of our, our, our remembering because of two people in particular, two New Orleans natives who were featured quite heavily in the first uh, half of this band's recorded existence. Freddie Keppard uh, was a cornet player who was generally given credit for being uh, a king, if you will, in New Orleans in probably the early 1910s, uh, probably from about 1910 on. Uh, he was uh, replaced to one degree or another, by King Oliver, and both of them ended up playing in Chicago by the World War I years. Keppert had actually left the city uh, for extended periods in the middle 1910s, and he was touring on the vaudeville circuit with the original Creole band, which was the first black jazz band to tour. They were actually touring the white vaudeville circuit, led by a bass player named Bill Johnson, who was uh, Jelly Roll Morton's brother-in-law. And there's an excellent book by Lawrence Gushy out on that band and talking about their experiences. Uh, the clarinet player for that band, or the replacement clarinet player for Louis uh, Big Eye Nelson, was uh, one of Nelson's students, also a student of Lorenzo Tio, a fellow named Jimmy Noon. And he too is recorded here quite well with the uh, Doc Cook band, and he's playing clarinet and saxophone in the ensembles. And we heard some excellent clarinet uh, solos and obligatos in those two tunes. Also in this band, playing lead cornet, is Elwood Graham. Uh, he was uh, a good uh, musician, could play the parts from the stocks. Freddie Kepper didn't read too much, but uh, he could uh, fit himself into the section very well. We have a fellow named Fred Garland on trombone, who had played with King Oliver and some other groups as well. In the saxophone section with Jimmy Noon, uh, Noon plays clarinet, alto, and soprano sax. We have Joe Poston and Clifford Clarinet King playing clarinets and altos. Clifford King also plays bass clarinet. We'll hear that a little bit later. And Jerome Don Pasquale playing clarinet and tenor sax. 
Then in the rhythm section, probably Doc Cook plays some second piano, but he was conducting. The regular pianist for the band was Kenneth Anderson. Then Johnny St. Cyr from New Orleans on banjo, probably another banjo and guitar player named Robert Shelley. Rudolph Zudi Renault on tuba, and either Burt Green or Andrew Hilaire on drums. Andrew Hilaire uh, became better known for having played with Jelly Roll Morton, and he's on the later sides as well. So the Cook Band was playing by 1923 or so at the Dreamland, and that's about when Freddie Keppard and Jimmy Noon joined uh, the group to give them a little bit of a jazz spark. Uh, as I said, Keppard was not known as a great reader. Jimmy Noon was a fairly accomplished musician. He had taken lessons with... Um, uh, Franz Scherp, the clarinet teacher in Chicago, who also taught a very young Benny Goodman and a slightly older Buster Bailey. So he was a very good player, and uh, he uh, emphasized technique in reading, apparently. So Jimmy Noon had some good background, not only in New Orleans with the T.O.s, but in Chicago as well. We're going to hear some uh, recordings from their first session, which was for Janet Records on January 21st of 1924. And in the uh, LP set that came out of uh, this band many, many years ago with notes by Lawrence Gushy. Uh, he re he uh, quoted Jimmy Noon in an interview, or actually Don Pasquale in an interview, remembering Jimmy Noon said that he hated this recording session and didn't like any of the recordings. And probably it was because it was this band's first attempt at making records, which was a kind of a primitive process at the time. There was no editing, of course. They had to do everything right the first time, and one mistake meant they had to start all over again, and that's probably what happened here. They did, however, produce six songs, which was very efficient for the day. Usually, uh, bands from this period would only do two or three and very occasionally four, but to have six uh, issued meant that, uh, first of all, it was probably pretty grueling, but also that the band was quite accomplished and knew their material very well. So Cook's Dreamland Orchestra from this period was Freddie Keppard and Elwood Graham again with Fred Garland. More or less the same uh, saxophone section with Jimmy Noon, Clifford King, Joe Poston, and John, uh, Jerome Pasquale. Jimmy Bell played violin. Stan Wilson was on banjo. Bill Newton on tuba. And Fred Tubby Hall from New Orleans on drums. And Doc Cook played piano on this one. So we're going to hear uh, four tunes from, uh, actually five tunes of the six. There was one that was kind of a dreary little waltz called Lonely Little Wallflower um, that didn't even make it on that LP, and I'm going to skip it as well. There's not a lot to recommend that particular tune. But the other ones are quite jazzy. We have a, a novelty tune called Scissor Grinder Joe, uh, which has... Uh, quite an intricate little arrangement, as do most of these, by the way. Um, these were uh, arrangements done by Cook or probably Kenneth Anderson a little bit later and often issued as stock arrangements, too, so other bands could play them. And sometimes this band played from stock arrangements. They had a some sort of a... a, a a trade-off arrangement with the Coon Sanders Nighthawks uh, Orchestra, a white band that uh, played in a similar style, and they covered each other's recordings several times. So after Scissor Grinder Jill, we're going to go to a cute little novelty tune called So This Is Venice, with uh, some suitable Venetian effects, I suppose, some Italian things, uh, O Solo Mio and what have you. Then on to a standard tune that was brand new at the time, one, The One I Love Belongs to Somebody Else by Isham Jones and Gus Kahn, features some very nice Jimmy Noon lead playing. Then Moanful Moan, which is sometimes called Moanful Man, I think it is actually Moanful Man, uh, by Jay Havens Gillespie and Doc Cook in this case. It was a blues tune that... Um, later became better known uh, for the melody uh, My Daddy Rocks Me with One Steady Roll, a minor blues tune that many of the blues singers uh, liked very much. 
Then we're going to finish up with another uh, Gillespie and Cook tune called The Memphis Maybe Man. So all of these are good examples of Chicago big band jazz of the 1920s, along with some good hot jazz playing interspersed. So this is Cook's Dreamland Orchestra from 1924. Scissor Grinder Joe, uh, So This Is Venice, The One I Love Belongs to Somebody Else, Moanful Man and Memphis Maybe Man. Thank you. 
Some hot jazz and dance music of the 1920s. We had Cook's Dreamland Orchestra recording of their first session for Janet Records in uh, January of 1924. And we heard Scissor Grinder Joe. Nice little novelty tune there with some good solos by Jimmy Noon on clarinet and Freddie Keppard on cornet, playing that kind of ragtime-influenced style of his. Then we went to So This Is Venice, that novelty tune, which featured uh, also some laughing cornet by Freddie Keppard. Actually, that was Scissor Grinder Joe. He had a an act that he did in the vaudeville stage where he imitated laughing. King Oliver imitated a baby crying. So novelty effects were very much a part of this early jazz style. We heard some slap-tongue tenor sax by... Uh, uh, Don Pasquale, Jerome Pasquale in there as well, and some bass clarinet here and there by Clifford King. After So This Is Venice, we heard a nice dance version of, I shouldn't say the standard tune since it was new, but the soon-to-be standard tune, The One I Beloved, The One I Love Belongs to Somebody Else, the Isham Jones tune, with some nice Jimmy Noon in there as well. Then that minor blues that we know better as My Daddy Rocks Me with One Steady Roll. This was called Moanful Man, and um, again, features great Jimmy Noon, uh, as well as uh, some Freddie Keppard. We heard some trombone by Fred Garland in there as well. And then we finished up with the Memphis Maybe Man, intricate little arrangement uh, with good ensemble playing all around. Really Despite the fact that uh, uh, Jimmy Noon wasn't satisfied with it, it seemed like it was quite a successful date if you compare it with some of the other recordings around the same time. King Oliver's Creole Jazz Band had recorded for Janet not too long before this, and of course that was more of a jazz band, although they played for dancing as well, but a completely different vibe there. Jimmy Noon subbed in that band on one recording session right around this time. So we are going to continue with uh, Cook's Dreamland Orchestra. Here it will be called, uh, Cook for the first one anyway, Cook and his Dreamland Orchestra, which will be changed to Doc Cook and his 14 Doctors of Syncopation. All of these are recorded for Columbia. I should mention the band uh, uh, did another session for OK Records in June of 1926, which we uh, featured on a Jimmy Noon program. 
actually on a Freddie Keppard program a while back. That was a, a small group taken from the big band, Cookies Ginger Snaps, uh, basically just the soloist, Keppard, Garland, Noon, and Poston, and the rhythm section. And they did some of the arrangements the big band was doing, including uh, one we heard already, Here Comes the Hot Tamale Man, and two uh, that will be coming up in the next set and uh, for our last tunes as well. And uh, that featured the playing of Freddie Keppard a little bit more uh, to the forefront, and that's why I included it on that session. You can always uh, see, hear those previous performances on my podcast station, which is Jazz Focus. You can get on Anchor or Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. So the first tune we're going to hear in this next session, Cook and His Dreamland Orchestra, was from December 2nd of 1926. And this was about six months or so, five months or so after the um, previous session, which brought us Here Comes the Hot Tamale Man and Brown Sugar that we started the program with. And some changes had been effected. Freddie Keppard was no longer with the band. He was replaced by George Mitchell, a Kentucky cornet player who uh, also began recording about the same time with Jelly Roll Morton's Red Hot Peppers. Uh, Jimmy Noon is listed in the personnel, but he is definitely not there. It's not him playing clarinet. Um, so probably it's a fellow named uh, uh, Billy Butler who played alto sax, violin, and clarinet. Definitely not Jimmy Noon's uh, fluid, liquid playing here. But the tune, Sidewalk Blues, was a Jelly Roll Morton tune that he recorded again with um, uh, George Mitchell and the drummer Andrew Hilaire at the same time. Also in the band was Jerome Carrington on piano, an interesting fellow who grew up with Cab Calloway in the Baltimore area. He played saxophone and piano, but by the time he got to Chicago, he was known primarily as a pianist. And uh, largely the same band otherwise. I think Joe Poston was still with the band, although he and Jimmy Noon formed a reed duo that was extensively recorded uh, uh, under the name of Jimmy Noon's Apex Club Orchestra. Name changed a few times, but it was a two-reed front line and rhythm section and some of Jimmy Noon's greatest playing there. We'll be doing a podcast on some of those coming up in a while. So after the Sidewalk Blues, we're going to go to June of 1927, more for Columbia Records. We're going to hear The Alligator Crawl and Willie the Weeper. Alligator Crawl uh, was a Fats Waller tune. Willie the Weeper was a Rube Bloom and Walter Melrose tune that, of course, had been recorded by Louis Armstrong's Hot 7 around the same time. In fact, I think during the same week, as a matter of fact. Uh, this band consists of George Mitchell and Elwood Graham on cornets, two trombones, Fayette Williams, who was known as a jazz player, and Bill Dawson, who was not. Bill Dawson, uh, under his given name of William Dawson, actually became quite a prominent composer of classical works in the African-American tradition, and uh, uh, his uh, classical um, choral works especially have been getting some attention lately, but he was playing in dance bands at the time. We hear Joe Poston and Billy Butler on alto saxes, probably Billy Butler doing the clarinet, Clarence Owens on tenor sax, Jerome Carrington on piano, Johnny St. Cyr on banjo, Bill Newton on tuba, and Andrew Hilaire on drums, and vocals on Willie the Weeper. Then we're going to do uh, two more tunes by Doc Cook and his 14 Doctors of Syncopation from about four days later, June 15th of 1927, same band. We're going to hear a tune called Brainstorm, which is better known in its uh, version by the Coon Sanders Band. Uh, it was actually written by Joe Sanders, uh, the pianist for that band. Very, very intricate and flashy arrangement. And then... We're going to finish off with a tune called Slewfoot, S-L-U-E, uh, which was a pop tune of the day. And uh, that will be our set. We're not going to do the last two tunes of this band recorded from March of 1928, Hum and Strum and I Got Worry, which are kind of ordinary dance tunes with a lot of novelty vocals in there as well. But 
For this session, we're going to hear some fine jazz playing on sidewalk blues, particularly George Mitchell on cornet, then Alligator Crawl, Willie the Weeper, Brainstorm, and Slewfoot, all by either Doc Cook and his Dreamland Orchestra or Doc Cook and his 14 Doctors of Syncopation.
So that was Doc Cook and his 14 Doctors of Syncopation, although issued under his Dreamland Orchestra name for the first title, which was Sidewalk Blues from December 2nd of 1926. And these were, as I said, all recorded for Columbia. All his recordings were done in Chicago, except that first session for Janet, which was Richmond, Indiana. So Sidewalk Blues featured some excellent George Mitchell on cornet, along with some probably Joe Poston on alto sax in that case. From there, we went to Alligator Crawl, that Fats Waller tune that uh, was recorded by Louis Armstrong and his Hot 7, as was its flip side, Willie the Weeper. And uh, clearly they were uh, uh, covering some of those versions. That must have Those stock arrangements must have come out that week, June 11th, 1927. Uh, and many of these were published by Melrose as stock arrangements. And Doc Cook himself was one of the arrangers on staff at Melrose. He would do transcriptions. He did some of the Jelly Roll Morton tunes. Uh, it's a little difficult to tell without looking at the copyright information which came first, the chicken or the egg in this case, the recording or the stock arrangement. But there was clearly a lot of back and forth in there. So on Alligator Crawl, we heard uh, Joe Poston on alto sax, probably Billy Butler on clarinet, and um, any cornet was by George Mitchell in there. Then we heard Willie the Weeper, which featured a vocal by Andrew Hilaire, and this uh, band was the sort of fundamental part of Jello Morton's first Red Hot Peppers groups on recording for Victor. Andrew Hilaire on drums, Johnny St. Cyr on banjo, George Mitchell on cornet. They were taken by Morton to play in that group. And a little later on, I think Bill Newton played on one Morton side as well, as did Fayette Williams on trombone. Then we finished up that set with the two tunes from June 15th of 1927. Same group doing that uh, Joe Sanders tune, Brainstorm. Very flashy arrangement. Probably played a little better by the composer's band, the Coon Sanders Orchestra, which was a lot faster and, and more hair-raising, I guess you'd have to say. Then we finished up with Slewfoot, kind of a bluesy performance done by a big band in Chicago. So I hope you've enjoyed this program, some not terribly often heard music, uh, but some very worthwhile music featuring great playing by Jimmy Noon, Freddie Keppard, George Mitchell, and others as well. We're going to finish up with the two tunes uh, remaining from that July 10th, 1926 session, which I think was probably the best session this band did. We're going to hear, first of all, Spanish Mama, uh, a tune by Elmer Schobel, uh, who was also on staff at uh, Melrose and did Bugle Call Rag and other tunes. You're nobody's sweetheart now, but um, this is a, a good kind of Latin-influenced tune with some superior Jimmy Noon at the end, especially. Then we're going to finish up with a very arranged blues performance of a tune called High Fever, another Joe Sanders recording, in this or, or a composition, I should say. And I think in this case, uh, this recording takes precedence over the Coon Sanders version. Very, very good playing with um, uh, Freddie Keppard on cornet, Jimmy Noon on clarinet, uh, Don Pasquale on tenor sax, and uh, all supported by an excellent rhythm section, Kenneth Anderson on piano, Johnny St. Cyr on banjo, uh, Sudi Renault on tuba, and probably Andrew Hilaire or Burt Green on drums. So this has been our Doc Cook program for today. You've been listening to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark, and we are here together on WETF, the jazz station in South Bend, Indiana. So I hope you tune in again next week.